Welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast, a very special edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. I'm Sonny Dem alongside Tara Hoke Shiro, and we are actually broadcasting, we're actually threefold here today. One, we are. we are broadcasting from El Torito Restaurant in Pasadena. Two, we are on the live stream on Facebook Live. Also, I believe I'm on Twitter for my accounts. And then for Tara's account, you're on Facebook. Facebook. Yes. And then we're also doing our regular podcast at the same time. So it might sound a little different if you listen at a later date because we're also doing it live. So it might have a live element to it. <laughs> but we're trying to condense three things into one. And you might see a guy sitting between us. Jay Robles is his name. And he's going to join us for the uh, first part of the show here. And basically what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about, you know, when it comes to being the creative person. You know, Tara and I have talked about it where, you know, 2020 has kind of been hard dealing with some of the things because a lot of obstacles have come our way that we've had to try to overcome. We used to uh, tape or uh, record our shows in a studio, and then from there we went to uh, another studio, and then we've been bouncing around at your house, my house, doing things and, you know, trying to get on location. Uh, we've been trying to reach, um, we went to the beach one uh, for one podcast. We did. Uh, we've been trying to get to other places, but, you know, so there's a lot of obstacles. So from a creative perspective, that's what we want to talk about. Uh, but we thought that uh, we'd first touch on, because it is El Torito in Pasadena, located at 3333 Foothill Boulevard, which I believe is at the intersection of good times and great food. Yes, yeah, so if you're uh, in the area, please stop by. And then also, um, it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> and so we've got uh, tacos and it's happy hour, for yes. those of you that like happy hour. Now, you said uh, something about you had some, uh, the history of I how do. Taco, because Taco Tuesday, if you're not in Los Angeles, I'm not sure how it is outside of the Southern mm-hmm. California area, but Taco Tuesday is actually like a weekly holiday, like a non-official weekly holiday. It in is. fact, it's so much so I've seen memes on social media, like women will get upset at their guy, and then the meme will be like, I'm mad, but he brought me tacos, so I'm okay. <laughs> or it'll be like, I'm not really hungry. Hey, you want tacos? Let's go eat. You know, so it's like tacos is like the cure-all for everything. It is in Southern California, and Taco Tuesday being the uh, unofficial weekly holiday. So, what uh, what's kind of the history behind it? Actually, I have one other tidbit about tacos in Los Angeles. I saw a survey not too long ago, and they said, "What are the top three items that Angelinos eat as soon as they get off a plane from somewhere else?" Tacos. Is it tacos? Is it really? <laughs> it taco- I thought, oh, it's got to be like in and out or, you know, something. It was uh, a top three. Tacos, absolutely. I think, it, I think talk. don't quote me, I think it might have been number one. Um, yeah, so Angelina's, we like our tacos. But Taco Tuesday actually has this, like, kind of cool history. And um, believe it or not, there's a battle over the Taco Tuesday. Tra- it's like a registered trademark. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. So um, there, there's, like, this... Um, history or like the people are trying to figure out the first time that Taco Tuesday was used until it was a registered trademark and so the earliest documented advertisement was in 1933. They didn't call it Taco Tuesday but they advertised um, Mexican tacos on Tuesday. That was in El Paso um, Texas. Then there were newspaper clippings across the country um, that talked about Tuesday specials you know with tacos in the years um, after 1933. The first time uh, there was a documented use of the actual phrase Taco Tuesday was in August 1973, and it was in South Dakota, in the newspaper in South Dakota. 
So then Baker's Drive-Thru in California, which is in the Inland Empire, they were the first to have a Taco Tuesday campaign, and that was in November of 1976. Then there's this chain, this um, ch- like 400 restaurants. It's called Taco John's. They're all apparently across the Midwest. Yeah. They first used the phrase in 1979 and 1982. It was being used by all their um, chains. Then Taco John's got the phrase registered as a trademark. Can you imagine Taco Tuesday is like a trademark? Like it's so common. Like how do you even protect that? So they registered the trademark. Somebody gave it to them. That was in 1989, and they still to this day put cease and desist letters to protect if somebody else is doing Taco Tuesday. And one other um, uh, thought to this is LeBron James. Do you follow LeBron James? Mm-hmm. So on Twitter, so I, so apparently he tweets every Tuesday about having tacos, Taco Tuesday with his family. And the author of this information is, I got all this information from the thrilllist.com, and he's saying, uh, LeBron can save us. He can save us from this registered trademark. He can get it unregistered for all of us so that we can all use it legally. But apparently he doesn't want to do that. But um, So he's also trying to do trademarks for his brand for Taco Tuesday. So the battle continues. So we are not officially saying Taco Tuesday because it's a registered trademark and we don't want to get into <laughs> And so we're going to say that we are here on a Tuesday, and we're going to have tacos. Yes, it's kind of like I've been. To, <laughs> I've actually been to Taco John's many times in the Midwest. It's a it's a staple of taco places. Yeah, and, and they so, want to have the corner on the market. Like, oh it's, no, it's kind of like it's kind of like Super Bowl. When I was at uh, the sports station here in LA, we couldn't say Super Bowl. You had to say like the big game, right? Or like you know uh, something of that nature, referring to the Super Bowl. But you couldn't say we're giving away Super Bowl, or it's a Super Bowl watch party, yeah. or you know things like that. You had to say the big game watch. <laughs> party or something because of the trademark so i yeah. kind of get that um but if they want to come after us that's fine I, we could use the publicity taco because <laughs> there's no no such thing as <laughs> the only thing is bad publicity is no publicity as the saying goes yeah. uh, but real quick we're here at uh, el torito yes it's a uh, newly remodeled again we're in pasadena uh they've got a bar that has all the drinks that you want uh they've got activities coming up like for example on this particular day on tuesdays uh, when you get your tacos, they have a live DJ that comes out and performs, and uh, and so you've got some entertainment and uh, and food. And like I said, it's on the corner of good times and great memories, or good times and great food. Whatever <laughs> Did you I said, just make that up. Yes, and so uh, it's really cool. So and, and again, part of this is as we start to open up, yeah, a little bit more and more, and we're starting to be able to find places to get out. Yes. This could be a place that you want to come to because it is open. They've got the patio. They've got all the safety stuff that they require. And so it's really a cool place to uh, maybe try to get out from the lockdown and come and check out if that's something that you want to do. They and if have you enjoy tacos. amazing Cadillac margaritas. Can I say that? Here? They, oh, man. Their Cadillac margarita is See, the my, bomb. My favorite is the uh, mini chimneys. Chimichangas. The mini chimichangas. Okay. Mini chimichangas. Those are good. And do they have good beer here? What's that? Do they have good beer here? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It goes without saying. It's a must. You have to have good, good beer with tacos. Yes. What, uh, what, uh, again, Jay Robles is with us. He's the guy in the middle. And um, so, Jay, what, uh, when you're pairing tacos with beer, <laughs> what, is your, what is your go-to beverage? My go-to beverage. It's funny. I don't normally 
I don't know. It, it's Coke. You can, it's okay to say Pepsi or Coke. We're not pressuring you. Please. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. <laughs> That's actually a tough one. No, I, I don't like dark, dark, uh, dark soda. Oh, really? Yeah. I normally go with like Sprite or like flavored Fanta. Sprite okay. is yeah. awesome. We love Sprite. I go with like orange Fanta. But I wanted to ask you when you order tacos, what what kind of tacos do you order? Well, if I can get carne asada tacos, okay. that's what I'll go with. Yeah. And then, um, it de- see, it depends because some places have it as carne asada and some places just label it as street tacos. Yeah. And so yeah, if it's street that. tacos, if, it's, if it lists street tacos on the menu, then that's what I go to, mm-hmm. the street tacos. Okay. So it's the little ones that have the... You know, I guess usually carne asada, yeah, and whatever else they put in there, yeah. Uh, that's the one that that I go to. All right. Yeah, Tara, what do you order? What um, you order hey, I go for the big old chicken burrito, okay. <laughs> right. and the and the margarita. Yeah, I'm all at chips and salsa. The table guacamole. They had a. Um, El Torito in Santa Clarita, where I live, and actually that's where my husband and I met for the very first time was in El Torito. Oh, so that place was um, very sentimental to us. We love going; it's great food. Um, we love it there, but it closed down, and okay. we were very sad because one of the you know the very first place that we met in the rest is history, as they say, um, started at El Torito. So, but yeah, I'm all about like a big old plate. So then, you know, if I can't finish it, then leftovers, you know, lunch the next day, that is, it's like twice as good. Twice the, I don't, the margarita doesn't last, but the. <laughs> so I was trying to think the, back to the first time I ever went to an El Torito, and I could remember college in Long Beach. I think there was an El Torito in Long Beach that we went to. Uh, I had some friends that were at Cal State Long Beach. So went down to like a Friday night or whatever, and I think that's the first time. And before, there were some other type of restaurants, uh, Mexican restaurants that I would go to that were more uh, conveniently located, uh, but they've since, I guess, gone away. But I always remember, ever since El Torito, there was, like, no comparison. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah. like, the place the to go to if it was around for Mexican food. And I think part of it was the chips. You know, the chips, the chips when they bring salsa. the chips and salsa, yes. like, that is, like, important, yes. right? Yes, and the table guacamole, they yes. make it right in front of you. It's and, so good. And so that's the thing. And so yeah. anyways... Um, so that's where we're at. So if you're watching live on uh, social media and you're in the area, come on by, say hi. Yes. And if you're uh, watching at a later date on our podcast, then uh, you're looking for something to do as you uh, start to open up and, and cautiously, kind of like the prairie dog coming out of the hole, looking around, <laughs> kind of venturing out as you venture out. Uh, this might be a stop for you, and I highly recommend it. Yeah. How has that been for you, like finding a spot to like feel comfortable you know, I've never, I'm never yeah, I've never really had a problem with the whole thing. I just never, I don't want to say scared, but it never concerned me. So I never had an issue. So whenever things opened up, I'd go try it. You know, so like I, I came here one day because I was driving by a couple weeks ago and I saw it open. So I'm like, oh, it's open. I'm gonna go check it out. And then uh, some former colleagues of mine, they were posting on social media that they were that they were here one night. And so I'm like, okay. So then I came out here and tried it, and then that's how this all came about. But I always thought it was, um, if you could find a place, I was always okay with it. It didn't matter to me. I wasn't really too concerned with anything. I know more people, depending on their degree of concerning, yeah. uh, would be a little bit more cautious. But it never really bothered me. I was one that was, like, at the beach during the, the pandemic, you know, yeah. when you're you know, trying to just stay sane. I and, have a question. Yeah. Is this going to bother you? The fanning? <laughs> 
now. It's like a million degrees in here, and so we're gonna, we're gonna look like we're gonna look like a crisp quesadilla in a little bit. No, we have to tell the story. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm like dying. I saw you looking over here, and I'm like, okay, I have to say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you make the final decision. This is you, how this is how I pay yourself. my bills. This is how I pay my keep. You guys, I let saw the great Son Edom. I let him make the decisions. This is how I do it. He hates the curtain behind us because right. it has lines, the bricks, because if it blows in the air, I'm always hot. If it blows in the air conditioner, he's like a nervous wreck. So this is going to make him nervous. But look, it says two steps ahead, right? Yes. And, and it's like 100 degrees right yes. here. So is it okay? Will it bother you if this motion no. is when you look back at the video? And <laughs> No, I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay, because I'm, I'm, but yeah, I'm having it is a hot. senior hot. Okay, go ahead. But yeah, so I've never really was concerned, and so it never really bothered me. So when I saw something open, I would, um, I would um, go for it. Well, like I saw somebody one time uh, post a uh, drive-in movie. Like during the pandemic, there was like an, a drive-in movie theater that was open. Yeah. I'm like, where's that? That's so cool. And I'm like, where's that? I got to get to that because right. that's got to get me out of the house. Um, so I never really, so it never really mattered to me. I was always looking for places to get out because I hated the lockdown and being locked in. Um, how about you? Uh, I don't think I've ever had a problem either uh, going to a restaurant, checking it out. Because I know that almost... 100% of places that are open are taking the, the precautions um, with everything going on when it comes to taking temperatures, uh, providing the wipes, the sanitary wipes. Uh, yeah, so I don't really think I've had a problem. And yeah, in a, in a way, just trying to find an excuse to get out of the house because I was losing my mind. Yeah. I, and I even decided to go back to work like once like they kind of figured out what was going on and uh, the precautions that were needed. They asked me if I wanted to go back to work, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. I couldn't stay at home anymore. It was... Now, now you mentioned you mentioned uh, kind of going stir-crazy at home. But now, you're yeah. a creative person, so you're, you're deep into music. Yeah. You uh, got uh, something that you're currently working on, Redline Sessions, which uh, can be found on SoundCloud, yes, on your sir. SoundCloud page. And then it's also uh, on uh, Radio Warp, which is RadioWarp.com, uh, weeknights at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. It plays Monday through Friday, so you can hear it there, but it's also on your SoundCloud. But um, as a creative person, how was it for you trying to overcome those like lockdown obstacles to stay creative and to still kind of pursue your passion and achieve your dreams and all that without having to be completely given up on them during this time? Yeah, it was tough. It was tough because, I mean, there would be nights where you think to yourself, like, are we going to, is this thing going to blow over anytime soon? And... If anything, I took advantage of the time being locked in to be productive. And it's funny because you see, like, um, it's either going to make or break certain people. And at least for me, I was like, well, it's going to make me. I'm not going to let it break me. And so that's when I, I decided to start that project, Redline Sessions, which is where... Redline Red Red Sessions Red Line is Sessions. your project? Yeah. Okay. So what it basically is is a music mix show um, where I have... Multiple, uh, every session I'll have a DJ uh, stop by and drop a set and I'm hosting it and the purpose of that is to put different audiences on different genres different artists uh, new styles of DJ and yeah just something to, to keep people entertained because like I look at others as like motivation and for entertainment purposes I'm like why I need to do that as well which since I'm pursuing like radio, um, I was like, let me give this a shot. And luckily, I've I've met a handful of DJs. Uh, most of them are good friends of mine, 
and they've all been on board. They've all been like really super cool with uh, with dropping a set. All really cool guys. And uh, yeah, I, I told myself I'm not gonna let this pandemic uh, break me. Yeah. In a way. Now your last your last one red red line sessions was what DJ Chicka Baby. Cheeky baby, cheeky baby. Yeah. Now I was listening to that, and it's it's actually pretty good. It's 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 what kind of well. First off, I guess for people that don't know, what kind of music genre is it? Is it does it vary from artist to artist, or do you have a specific like EDM or some sort of genre that you like to to stick with? Uh, so uh, it's funny. Like when I reach out to these DJs, I'll ask them. I was like, bring me a set or provide me a set that that you would want your like your listeners to hear that represents you like I want this to to represent you and your style of DJing the music that you're comfortable spinning uh, yeah so it's not that I I, t- I tell them they have all uh, creative uh, control so you invite DJs on your show and they play their music for their yeah, listeners that's I, awesome and so yeah, that you're highlighting wanna, yeah Music for every, for your listeners, you're giving them a, maybe a new sound or a new. Because yeah. yeah. as a DJ, no one likes song requests. <laughs> okay. I'm just putting that out there. Okay. No, no DJ likes. Uh, they don't like song, song requests. requests. Okay. Because in the back of a DJ's mind, they're gonna get to the song you want to hear. I know you want to hear the most popular song that there is, right. and, and it's gonna get, they're gonna get to it. Right. Uh, we just have to build up, and so that's why I don't like to put pressure on the DJ saying, "Oh, like play this if you can." Okay. I give them no outlines. Like just, just do you. Keep it yourself. Keep it original. And that's cool. That's where it differs in the music because some people like EDM. There's some. There's some DJs that are known for playing like reggaeton, some hip hop, some oldies, uh, old school hip hop. So it differs. And uh, the first couple sessions that I've released, they've been more hip hop reggaeton. But we're slowly gonna try to uh, get into the EDM side. And uh, and it's also at least for me, a great place to meet others and a great networking opportunity because I love meeting people. Yeah. I love meeting people and helping them in, in any way I can. And for the most part, they've been the same. They've, had, they've cool. treated me the same and they've always wanted to help me in any way they can. Uh, so, yeah. How do your sure. listeners respond to all the different... Do they... Do they t- are they tune in on certain days and out on other days or do they also listen to all the different varieties of music or uh, how do they respond? For the most part, it's all been very positive feedback. Um, there's some mixes that are more upbeat than others. Uh, and when I guess it's when the mo- they're more upbeat is when I get the most feedback. Like, oh, like, this is my new workout mix. Okay. Uh, so it's been very positive. Uh, all my supporters are, are very great. Um, they all enjoy what I do. But I feel like they wait for my project, like my, my art. I feel like that's what gets the listens in a way okay. but in a way okay. I'm just trying to help others like and I guess like put give DJs a spotlight just like for example like when I got started DJing no one kind of helped me I kind of had to build my audience okay and so I'm trying to do that for others whether they already have an audience like a little more can't, won't hurt you know so that's what I'm trying to do just like trying to help the community in any way I can right and if they can help me then that'd be much appreciated cool yeah how is it, do you think, that mentoring, you know, because we take a look at schools and, you know, we met at the college here in Pasadena and, you know, I've always been a proponent for education. Education is important. Yeah. But when it comes to the creative process and it comes to, like, in our case, radio, for example, 
it's always kind of been a who who you know type of thing too. You can have yeah. the knowledge, but if you don't know people, you're probably going to have a harder time getting in. It's not to say you can't get in, but you're going to have a harder time than if you know people. Mm -hmm. So when you were talking about you coming up not knowing people and now wanting to be able to help people with the resources that you have, do you see a difference between maybe the the pace of success that people that you are helping mm -hmm. are able to get versus how you've had to kind of claw your way to your success because you were kind of doing it on your own? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it kind of seems like, you know, Especially with DJing, okay, you, you would have to kind of collaborate with other people or meet out with other people or get to know other people. So, for example, before the pandemic, we were kind of talking about doing a uh, kind of like a DJ, uh, kind of like a battle of bands type of thing, battle yeah. of DJs. Okay, right. so we were looking to maybe get some DJs to come into a place and and then they bring their people, their fans, and and they kind of have a spinoff type of thing. So we're looking for the people to collaborate. For me with radio, because uh, I was similar, I didn't have, I had this passion to do radio, but I didn't know anybody, so I had to go seek something. Mm. But it was easier for me to go because there's radio stations that exist. You can actually go here, and there's a radio station. Go here, go here, go here, mm. go all across the country. I ended up in Iowa, but I could actually go and physically find places. Yeah. As a DJ, you can't just go and show up at some place and, oh, there's a bunch of DJs. <laughs> right? I mean, you got to, like, yeah. pursue it. You know, yeah. you really got to chase it and own it. And so I'd imagine that having somebody that's been there that is kind of a mentor, like you're helping other people out, has got to be a relief and a benefit to the people you're helping out oh, because yeah. it's hard for them to probably find people without that kind of mediator, that person there helping. And as a DJ, I feel like that's probably, whether it's a DJ, an artist, or a producer, it's probably one of the tougher things to do, which is kind of like find an audience because everyone else is trying to do the same thing. And so you're trying to figure out how to, I guess, like master your craft and then how to get your art out there and what makes you different. Like you want to be different right. as well. And so it's a challenge. And for me, it took me about three years to kind of like figure it all out. I wouldn't say I know everything, but I kind of like know what direction I'm going in, if that makes sense. And so... I have a couple buddies that they recently just started DJing, and they reach out to me. They're oh, like, "Here my, can you like, hear my mix for like constructive criticism?" And I'm like, "Yeah, more, I'm more than, than, than happy to do that." And it's crazy because like they, at one point I was in their shoes, and I had no one to turn to. I had a couple friends, um, very, very little, like a small amount of friends that that did DJ, and they they did give me constructive criticism. But in a way, I taught myself everything I know. And so can I ask you a question yeah. about this journey? Because you, um, did you just start like, th like this is like your passion, like I just really want to do this. So before it was what it is now, um, you just, was there just like a drive to like, like kind of like a, like an attraction, like I just have to do this. I mean, did you know, you did, did you have like a picture in mind of what you wanted to do or did it kind of um, fall into what you wanted to do because you just kept... Um, uh. How did that, like, give us give us the journey of how, kind of, like, how it started. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's funny how, because, like, back in, I would say, like, the sixth, the sixth grade. Okay. I, and I love that you're like, starting in the sixth grade. I love that, because that's where our passions are. Like, we don't know what to do with yeah. them. We don't know what they are. We didn't even think they're anything, but that's usually where things start. So, I would yeah, say go ahead. It did start, I believe, like, in awesome. the sixth grade. That is awesome. Um, 
I've always, for some reason, liked the spotlight. Okay. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and that's and I started I started playing. Uh, <laughs> you're in good company. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so good so far. Yeah. I actually played instruments in in elementary. What did so you play? I played. Uh, I would say like the saxophone. Cool. I played the drums. Okay. The trumpet. The trumpet. Okay. Uh, the violin. Wow. And I believe that's all. Okay. No way. So I'm also a music, or I used to be before. Uh, before people say, "Wait, what?" I was in the band. I was in the marching band. I was the drum, one of the drum majors. Yep, concert band, and I played the flute and sort of, kind of the saxophone. So the, all those instruments that you just mentioned, they're not related. Like the flute and the saxophone are the same notes on the yeah. music, and they're the same fingerings. Just the flute is this way, and the saxophone's down here. One's a reed, and one's a wind, but it's the same family. Mm-hmm. Those are not the same family. <laughs> yeah. So you you had an interest for all different kinds of yeah I, I did um, and it's funny I don't know why like I decided to choose those instruments okay um, yeah I guess I just wanted to continue like playing and like playing for an audience okay and like I guess like people like enjoy like being there because they want to be there you know and as time moved on I, I would picture myself as like oh like I'm going to be in a band one day. Okay. Uh, like whether I'm like the front man or like the guitarist or the drummer, like I do you I sing? want a spotlight. No, I don't. No, okay. In so the you shower, can't be the front man for that. <laughs> in the shower, I sing. Um, okay. Uh, fast forward to high school. Okay. Um, I only played the trumpet for like my freshman year, and I could I could have gone far with it in a way because the professor that I guess taught me more on how to play the trumpet wanted me to join the marching band. And, but that was just my freshman year. Okay. And it interfered with soccer, so I. Yeah. Like I was like, no, like I, Take, I'd rather play soccer. Takes a lot of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's hard. And then after my freshman year, I kind of didn't do much. Like I stopped playing instruments, and not until I graduated high school is when uh, one of my best buddies, a really good friend of mine, his name's DJ Estradation. Oh, you've met him actually. Okay. Yeah. He stopped by. Uh, shout out DJ Estradation. He had a show out here at the 66 Night Market. Okay. And they headlined uh, the main stage, and the response from the crowd that they received was amazing. Wow. And that's very it felt appealing. So yeah. Cool <laughs> to like know the DJ. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like that's my friend. Oh, cool. And I think that that was what sparked it all. I'm like, I want to be in his shoes. So you I don't want to be, be like the him. DJ. I want to be in in his shoes and like know what that's like. Okay. To have such a such a great response from from the crowd, um, have such great energy from the crowd. It was insane to see, and I believe like maybe a month later, that's when I decided to invest in my own like starter equipment. And I was like, I'm gonna teach myself. Extradition did did give me some pointers, but for the most part, I just YouTubing. And just uh, just practice, practice, practice. Now, Tara makes fun of me because of my OCD imperfection. <laughs> like, you know, we have, usually have a backdrop. Better, yeah. And if we're, you know, it's been hot this summer, and so we usually have the air conditioning on, and I'll see, like, the backdrop kind of wave, you know, with the, with the little wave with the air conditioning <laughs> flow. And it, like, irritates me. Or little things, you know, because I'm so... Wanting it to be so perfect, that's my drive. My yeah. drive is for perfection in my craft and what yeah. I do, whether it's a podcast or whatever. How about for you? Is it like you said you want to be in his shoes, but you don't want to be him. You want to be you yeah. in your shoes. 
But to get to, do you have a do you have a level of perfection or a level of this is what I want to reach? And until I do, and even if I do, but until I do, I'm going to keep going and going and going. Is that just me, or do creative people have that drive in them for that? Like, like a surfer, they want that perfect set of waves. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you have that, or is that just me being crazy? No, I have that drive. I have that drive, and um, and I've came across people that don't have it, and I'm not one to like judge someone or criticize them, but it's just like. It, to me, if you don't have that drive, then it probably wasn't meant for you. Or maybe they just see it as a hobby. Yeah. But at least for me, it's more than a hobby. Like, there's a passion to it. Like, I've always told myself, I want people to listen to my stuff uh, because, like, I'm putting a message out there. Like, the music I'm mixing, the music I'm playing, it all has a message. And there's, like, different, how would I say, different... Like different energy from each, like whether I put out a mix or I share a song from someone, uh, it's because like I'm in a certain mood. Yeah, so if it's a high, like very energetic mix, it's because I'm in a great mood and I'm in like a party mood. But yeah. So as a as a as a younger artist in this day and age, and you look to the future, okay. Obviously, we don't know what the next few months are going to be like. You don't know how much, you know, we're going to be locked down here and how things are going to be closed. And what I mean by that, the clubs, you know, still being closed. Um, you know, ability for you to get out there and spin and be in front of people. I know there's limited opportunities now, but, you know, like it used to be in the good old days before COVID. But when you look toward the future and you see as a young artist, what do you see out there and how can you maybe continue to pursue your dreams in this environment that we're currently in right now? I mean, well, every DJ wants a club to open. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, yeah. Like, but one thing that I've noticed from the guys I looked up to, like the top dogs, they've all made the switch to, uh, to like virtual streaming, which at first I wasn't a big fan of because, I mean, there must be so many like technical issues. I mean, you're already struggling with your console alone, your computer and your turntables. And but how does that work? So they just, they do they actually play music online, like on a YouTube channel to do a virtual? Yeah. So like a virtual DJ? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like the, the amount of production that these uh, these guys work on, from like a green screen to, uh, to lighting okay. to great sound quality, that's like they all focus on that. Okay. And uh, Twitch has become... I guess like the main platform for everything because I, I believe they do YouTube as well YouTube live but I, Twitch has been like the place to be at and so everything there's a, like a lot of streaming whether it being uh, DJing or even um, there's this new thing that's been going on is they play like up and coming artist music and they kind of like rate it like would this be like a popular song at the club or would this make top 40? Like, would this be on the airwaves? And so, yeah, so I think it's cool. The transition from, like, clubs to, I guess, virtual clubs, I think it's uh, it's interesting. And who knows how long we're going to be in this pandemic. Um, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty optimistic, and I hope that slowly but surely, like, things will start to open up soon. And how many listeners um, do you have? Do you get a pretty good response to your show? Uh... Yeah. It's hard uh, to tell. It's hard to tell yeah. how many, right? Uh, luckily, SoundCloud um, gives me like the statistics. Okay. And for 
the project just dropping. Like I just started. I would say like about a month and a half ago. Oh, got it. Uh, it's not bad. Okay, good. Yeah, I I'm sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. <laughs> it's no, like fine. saying how many friends do you have on social media? Like, oh my gosh, it's so awkward. I have like th- okay. Let me let me just let you know that you're in really good company. I, I have like three fans. Okay, there's three three fans, and they're probably um, watching on Facebook Live right now. All three of them. <laughs> No, not at all. So what is, what is your SoundCloud since that has been uh, came up? Where can they find you on SoundCloud? Yeah, uh, you can find me at Jay Robles. Uh, I believe there's like three other people with the same name. But awesome. they're all from like the UK. But I believe I'm the one that has the most followers. So just type in Jay Robles. And Jay you'll, Robles. You'll most likely find me at the top. Uh, but yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's been a good response uh, for Redline Sessions. Uh, for it being a project that just released, and yeah. I'm always I'm always very nervous about my projects. Right. Whether it's like a mix or I'm collaborating with someone, I feel like it's not going to get the attention that it deserves. Because I mean, we do like whether I'm collaborating with someone or it's a project of my own. Like I do put in like the time and work for it, and I do pay attention to detail. And some people don't know that, uh, but I do appreciate everyone that does check in, that do they share it yeah. with their friends. Uh, yeah, it's I really important. appreciate the people that support. But I mean, for I'm only three like three sessions in, and I mean we're averaging about like 50, 50 listeners. Oh, a, that's awesome for being which brand is new. a lot more than I that's was awesome. expecting. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah, and the cool part is. I share it with my friends, and then the DJ sh- that, I'm, exactly. that I have on share it with their friends. And so, yeah, it's just like a chain, that, yeah. a never-ending chain. I love the idea of your project. I think that is so cool that you have, you invite DJs on, they play their mix, um, what they typically play, and then they're playing it for your audience, and then you're giving them um, a platform, you're giving them a voice. I think that is so, so what a great idea. It's always like a win-win situation. Like, yeah. and, and I don't do it to, like... To like gain the followers, I'm I'm just genuinely interested in like helping like them put their art out there. Whether maybe like they'll get booked at a club like eventually, right. or they'll get booked like to DJ like someone's birthday party. Like right. it's all it's all about like helping each other out. I never thought about if we were like having a, a party in COVID that you could have a virtual DJ. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and that, the cool part is like with Zoom. I believe exactly they, like, they've been doing that with Zoom. That is so cool, yeah. and that's like. Uh, a big thing that was happening like with Twitch that's how they were celebrating graduations yeah oh yeah. that's so cool yeah. so like they'll have like one DJ he'll be like the yeah. the main presentation and you have all these listeners tuning in right everyone that's celebrating uh, their graduation shout out to the class of uh, 2020 that's very cool so you're too young for this but way back in the day when MTV used to play music videos oh. like like all that's just all they played was just music videos it actually that, yeah, was about it was like, music it was like wow you can watch music on tv it was like the coolest thing and um so i love that you're doing is kind of bringing this virtual thing you know full circle for covid that you're having like you know playing different djs highlighting them you can hire them for parties that's very cool yeah, yeah. very it's a great cool. way to network really great way to network what about just okay stepping outside of music okay you've uh we met like i said at the college so you were going to school Obviously, things have changed. The world has changed with academics. You know, a lot of people have had to drop out of school, take online classes, which is kind of hard for some time, uh, sometimes in the creative world because 
the equipment is what we need to be on. It's hard yeah. to learn via Zoom and stuff like that. So when we adapt and just taking it outside of that and being a, a young guy and you look to the future and you look to what you just want to accomplish and, and just to kind of survive in life, so to speak. Um, so, for example, Tara mentions back in the day, you know, we, we back in the day, it was you would go to school, <laughs> you'd go to college maybe, yep. or outside of high school, if you didn't go to college, you'd probably find a, a job somewhere and spend the next 30 to 40 years there, retire, and then, you know, that was it. That's what you did. Uh, maybe somewhere along the way, you got married, had kids, maybe you bought a house, and that's kind of the, the simplicity of the American dream was to get a job and then get a house have your 2.5 kids, a dog, a pick a fence, and that was it. <laughs> Nowadays, it's so completely different. The world has changed. And not only that, but the way technology is and the way that has opened up doors, like you mentioned, doing virtual stuff. And then even just the way, you know, we don't know what the future is going to hold. But when you look at the, the future of life for you, because I'm on the other side, so I'm like looking to retire. I'm looking for that beach, that perfect beach to go retire on in the next few years so I can just check out. <laughs> but for you as an up-and-comer in life, that's going to be uh, supporting me in the next 20 years. Um, do, you have, do, you have, uh, do you have a good sense, a good feeling that's going to be okay? Or what's your, uh, what's your personal outlook on your life as how you see it? Ooh, that's a weighted question. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a roller coaster, man. It really is. Being, oh my God, I don't even know how to... Because I like, don't properly answer this. Well, because, okay, because, like I said, for me, when I wanted to get into radio, this was pre-internet, so it's hard to go and find jobs, okay? Because you couldn't log on the internet and look for jobs. So you had to actually, like, search, make phone calls, and do things. So there was a lot of uncertainty from my perspective because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to land a gig or find a place because it wasn't, jobs weren't readily available. You had to go search them out. Then you had to go and send out endless amount of audition tapes, hoping you hear back from somebody because yeah. it wasn't the instant feedback like we have in the Internet age. And then it was, you know, doing this whole process of kind of knocking on doors and hitting the streets, so to speak. Okay. And so now as we've advanced and moved on, you get a little bit more of an instant feedback from things. I get... Uh, feedback if I get the job or not a little bit quicker. Um, I can go to the internet and just Google search jobs and they pop up. And so I can kind of see what's out there. Okay, so for radio, there's not a whole lot out there still. I can see because on the job sites, they're not being listed. Okay, so I know, okay, radio isn't quite opening up yet. There's still a lot of closed things. Uh, you mentioned the clubs. You can go to the clubs and you want to get out in the clubs and do gigs because maybe that's a way you can make some money and get exposure. But we know the clubs are still closed down. So we have a little bit more availability of information, but yet we still don't know what that's going to be like in the future. So as you sit back and as you look at the, the horizon of life, is it something that you feel confident that you're still going to be able to live a good life? Honestly, I don't think so. Yeah. You haven't given up complete hope on life? So maybe, maybe frame his question in, like, what is your ultimate dream? Like, where would, you, um, where would you like this to go? Or what do you see? How do you see this progressing um, for you? Yeah. Like, what is your dream for this? Uh, well, I know that. I don't so know, just like you dream said, big. It's no, okay. That's <laughs> funny how you say, like, like, back in your days, like, you would physically have to turn in an application, and, like, job hunting was a lot different than it is now, and, I don't know, I think it, the, the future's bright. I feel like once we get out of this situation that we're in, the future's bright. Uh, not even for me, even for, like, the people younger than me, like, I have a younger brother, I have a younger sister that's about to graduate, like, elementary, um, 
I think uh, things are looking bright. It's on the positive side for the most part. Because, I mean, technology is just advancing, and it keeps advancing. And it's cool to, like, know and, like, be able to apply for a job, know that the job opening is there in this day and age as to, like, opposed, like, you got to walk to the store, check if they're hiring. Oh, no, next store. And no, and then the next store. And then, I don't know, I just feel like things are a lot more easier now. But I also want, like, the younger generation to know that it's not always about taking, like, the easy way out, if that makes sense. Because I feel like people are only getting lazier because technology's advancing so much. And it's just like, it, like, like how they say that uh, robots are taking people's jobs. And, like, machines are taking people's jobs. Like, so it's, I don't know, it's, it's iffy. But for the most part, I feel like technology is working in a positive way I mean there are some downsides but I feel like it's it should be fine we should be fine in the future I think the COVID thing is washing out our <laughs> ideas of technology taking over human jobs because we're all going crazy yeah. staying at home and not seeing well, each other well, the other so thing have you seen I think they would be destroying the <laughs> robots be like I gotta get out of this house well, well I think there was a, a restaurant someplace I saw that actually you can uh, delivers your food at a restaurant to you Stop. So the cook will put the... Uh, like uh, the Jetsons. Kind of like the Jetsons. They put the food on a tray that is the robot there, and then they just dial it up, and it goes to the table it it's supposed to go to, to and it's right table. there, and it takes away all that uh, person-to-person contact. But do, do you think that musically, globally speaking, you can reach more people? Like, have you ever thought about that? Going globally with reaching people as opposed to just... Local, like you hit, like you think the club circuit. The club circuit is a localized club circuit. You know, you yeah. go to the club, you show up at the local club, and people might go on tour, and you might go on tour from city to city. But you're in that localized club. You mentioned the virtual clubs and the virtual performances that could go global, reaching a global market. So do you think that that provides maybe more opportunity for you as you expand what you want to do and chase your dreams and goals because of a global? potential reach yeah most definitely but the only thing there is like are you willing to to put that time and effort to to produce these types of so jay robles are you willing to put in that time and oh yeah most definitely and i'm not making excuses i guess just like the only thing that's holding me back is uh like my nine to five job yeah 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 um and it's tough because we all have like our own issues at home and then we're trying to pay our bills and then not maybe not everyone in your in your household is is working right now so it's tough right now it, it really is it's tough um, to have a dream and in the middle of a situation where the um, the reality of life is so heavy mm-hmm. so what is it back to circle back around what is it that keeps your dream alive and keeps you moving forward in the middle of the reality of your nine to five supporting other people the daily grind like it's hard like a lot of people give up in that situation, you know, because it's like, ah, the dream, like, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I gotta work, like, mm-hmm. like I can only spend a couple hours a week, like, you know, what is the point? But there is a point to a dream, right? So, because I mean, what is it DJing, that drives you? Yeah, yeah, totally. uh, I would say whether it's like DJing, whether it's podcast, uh, YouTubing, vlogging, it's all entertainment. So, at the end of the day, if I can distract someone for a solid mm. 10 minutes mm. and get their mind off of what's going on in the world and yeah. that's enough for me 
that, I believe that's that's what motivates me. It's just like if I can help you, like forget about what's going on, like stressing from like schoolwork, right? Like, knowing you have to like clock into Zoom and check in with the professors, all this homework that's going on. Um, if I can distract you for a bit in a positive way, yeah, then then yeah. that's what keeps me driven. Mm, that's awesome. That's what it is. I like that because it's it's focusing on other people. It's focusing on helping other people with their environment that they're in and maybe bringing um, like a stress relief or bringing some hope or bringing some encouragement or just, you know, 10 minutes to dance around in your underwear. Like, <laughs> like that's that's a good thing when you're thinking of other people. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I've always had that mindset even like before COVID. Like, because... Like, the, everyone could use a distraction. Everyone goes through things. Um, people have family members that pass away. And, like, maybe they're on their way home and they, they tune into one of my mixes and I play that person's favorite song. Oh, and that's it just cool. gives yeah. them, like, that, you know, they drive home listening to their their fallen's yeah. uh, favorite song. Yeah. So if I can connect with someone, and this, this is where it turns back to, like, if I can connect with someone with the music, at least for my part, being a DJ, then... Like I, that like I said, it brings me that satisfaction that I, I was able to help them in some way. Cool. Yeah. See, somebody I was talking to, uh, I did an interview with Brian Bird one time. He's the executive producer of When Calls the Heart or Where Calls the Heart, When Calls the Heart. Yes. And after the interview, we were talking, and he was basically saying, you know, as long as you're putting something out there. You're doing it for yourself, mm-hmm. first of all, because like you said, you've been making music, we're doing a podcast, we kind of do it for ourselves first because we enjoy it, that's our passion, that's what we want to do. Right. But instead of worrying about reaching the masses, because we all want to reach the masses, right, and be like, oh, I touched 100,000 people's lives, I feel great. Oftentimes, it's the one person that's driving home that hears you, whether yeah. it's the, the music that you play or the mix that you put together. Like you said, you're in a good mood, so you put together this upbeat music, this upbeat mix, and then somebody's driving home and they're feeling kind of down, then all of a sudden they hear your mix and it's like, wait a minute, it picks me up because they feel the energy that you have the good vibes behind it. If, if it's that one person, oftentimes, that you strive to hit that makes more of an impact than the masses altogether. Because, yeah, we all want to reach the masses, but it's that one person that at that one time that heard what you said or heard that music or heard whatever it is that you reached, that you changed them from maybe something that could have been uh, a down moment to an up moment or maybe enlightened them from something to another you know, thought, whatever. But that's the thing he said. You just keep putting it out there, and as long as you put it out there and as long as you strive to reach that one person... Keeping in mind that whatever it is you're doing, you're doing for yourself, then good, only good can come from it. Mm-hmm. It's when you stop putting it out there or you get focused on, I want to reach the masses, and you start changing what it is you're doing, and you start creating music that you think other people want to hear as opposed yeah. to the music you want to create or as opposed to the podcast that we want to create. We start doing things that we think other people want to hear. That takes away from who we are. It takes away our own pleasure of doing it. And then we miss the opportunities to try to affect that one person that might be reached at that one particular moment in time. Yeah, we've talked about this several times in our podcast. And it's interesting how, like, as I listen to you talk, like, I get like, oh, yeah, there's another way to say this. Because it's so important that um, that, that we keep reminding each other and keep reminding people of this concept. Because we, you know, I have said it over and over i don't need to believe at the point but i'm a um i believe in god i believe in jesus and so so there's a saying in that that um we are blessed in order to bless others 
like the stuff that we've been given, like our talents, our skill sets, our passions, our dreams, it's not for me. It's for other people. And so when people choose, and I had this conversation with one of my friends on Facebook. He's a, um, we graduated from high school together. He's a writer, fabulous writer. And I'm like, and he was kind of like the same thing. Like, I don't have enough followers. I don't have enough. I'm like, dude, if you do it, like, you're so good at it. If you do what makes you happy, it will, you're, you're blessing all of us. And when you don't do your craft, when you don't sing, when you don't, um, whatever your talent is, when you don't write or when you don't act or, or be a DJ or whatever it is, when you don't do that, we all miss out on the joy. We all miss out on the joy. And then we're not, um, we're not fulfilling, you know, the reason why we were here, you know, the reason why we're getting these blessings and then we're not sharing it with other people and they're missing out. We're all missing out. So if, if someone doesn't go to the audition, we're like, oh, okay, we're, we're it's too bad for us because now there's a whole, you know, craft that they could have been a part of, you know, that we don't get to enjoy and to, and to have that. So I think it's just so important that, um, like you said, that like instead of looking at the big grand plan, you know, we just start small and just start doing what we have been given cultivate our craft and that's what what you have said so many times you know so eloquently it's like we just have to do it for ourselves and it sounds like on the heart of that on the face of that it's like well that sounds kind of selfish no it is not selfish at all because we have been given a unique skill set of talents that nobody else has been given it's unique to us so we have to cultivate what it is that we've been given we have to we have to just work it work it work it and yeah, we are going to enjoy because that's the whole point, right? Like if we didn't enjoy our own skill sets, that would be bad. <laughs> no one's going to be like, oh, let me take one for the team. Let me develop my skills. No, we enjoy what it is that we, we do. We get a kick out of it and that spurs us on. But it's for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's crazy. I have this, it, it, it kind of goes back to it's like, uh, you, like connecting with that person. Um, like you never know who's listening. Uh, you never know who's listening and it's something right. I've learned whether it's like by doing my mix shows or uh, by DJing at the club it's like your next potential boss could be in the crowd you know right. or like for example when I do my mix shows like sometimes I think to myself is like is it really worth like still doing it as like just because I'm not reaching the masses like I'm not getting like a hundred thousand yeah. listens but at the end of the day it's like the people that I know and I'm blessed to know like the DJs that I know like maybe one of one of their followers or one of their listeners tends to be like I don't know like the the head at a radio station you know so I always think of it in, like in it in that way um, not for like selfish reasons but just like maybe something good can come out of this yeah like I'm not just doing this for no reason but yeah so. yeah and it's a, and I think that we have to you know there's a famous phrase that people say all the time in order to learn how to be really good on stage you have to get on stage like, there's just no other way to do it, right? And people, we have a hard time with that because we make mistakes. And sometimes sometimes the plan is that we're going to have a platform of a bazillion people. Sometimes that is not the plan. Sometimes the plan is three people. Thank you to my three people. Like, sometimes that's the plan, right? And so we still have to be who we are. But if, if there is an opportunity for us to have a bigger platform, we have to practice. We have to start small, make mistakes, fail forward get back up again do it again get back up again fall down do it again we have to keep doing it so that when the platform comes we're ready and all those mistakes hopefully are worked out all the kinks are worked out 
so that way we're ready. And a lot of us, it's like, that's a hard man, especially after the flack I've been getting on Facebook lately. Let me just tell you, it sucks to practice. It sucks to practice out loud and in front of people because, man, people come out of the woodwork and... I have just gotten all kinds of flack from all kinds of people. <laughs> See, that's one of <laughs> but the things. okay. I appreciate it. It is okay because I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm getting stronger. Yeah. So that's one of the things that um, I remember telling students was that you always want to be prepared for that opportunity so that if that boss, like you mentioned in the club, maybe the boss is there watching you, if you have the opportunity to audition or to be perform for that boss or that next person you have that opportunity you're ready to do it so yes, whether it's music exactly. or so right now you're at home you're doing your thing at home because the clubs are closed you're trying to do it virtually or you're just trying to do what you can you know we've been trying to do our thing through all this stuff and trying to overcome the obstacles you know you dealing with your social media stuff and all the uh fire that you've been getting from that you know whatever <laughs> it is you know it prepares us and that we should look for those things so that when the opportunity does yeah. come, we are we're ready. strong and we are ready. Yeah, you know, because nothing worse yeah. than missing an opportunity because we weren't prepared. Yeah. You know, the opportunity comes. And so if somebody came to me and said, hey, are you ready to audition for this job, your dream job, whatever it is? Uh, for me, maybe it's doing a play-by-play for a baseball team. You know, yeah, I'd be ready because I've done things throughout the years to make myself ready. Um, are you ready to do uh, a? Could you, would you be willing and ready to audition for your podcast to go nationally or for a radio station to pick it up or whatever? Yes, because we've been doing it. Exactly. Would you be ready for a music exactly. label to pick you up and go on world tour? Yes, because you've been doing it. You know, yeah. would you be ready to do whatever it is that you want to do next, uh, whatever that <laughs> is, because you survived social media? Let me just let me just say we're not getting into that here, but let me just say that I've been trying to practice my skills of writing. I've been practicing my skills of analytics. I've been practicing my skills of um, discernment, and in order to do that, I have to put myself out there, and it absolutely sucks. So, but I have, like you said, I have to do it I, because I have things in my head. I'm like, there's things that like, yeah, I want to, I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be like, I cannot stand the divide right now and all these different things. So I'm looking at all of this mess and I'm like, how do we be a peacemaker? How do we learn how to communicate? Well, one of the ways we learn how to communicate is I write something and then people yell at me <laughs> and I'm getting so much flack, it, but that's good. I'm glad for that. I'm really grateful for that because it's teaching me. It's like, okay, what are people saying? How are we communicating? How are we arguing? Are we getting anywhere? Is this productive? I do think it's ultimately productive. Am I making mistakes? Yes. Are there people that have been telling me some really awful things? Yes. But that's part of it. That's part of it. That's how we learn. And if I don't, if I don't start to jump into that arena... Then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna grow. I'm not gonna finesse my skills. I'm not gonna be a peacemaker. So, learn how to teach people how to cooperate. So I'm making all kinds of mistakes right now, falling all over myself. But it's okay. But I'm t- it's. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's a good way to uh, invite peace into a conversation. Yeah. How? Bring them to Taco Tuesdays yes. at El Torito. Yes, we are at El Torito in Pasadena, and we are some tacos? ready for a margarita. And you've like- got some peace going on <laughs> because it is the unofficial weekly holiday here in Southern California. Yeah, Taco the Cadillac Tuesday. margarita will definitely bring peace. So order those for the table. Hey, so coming out um, again every Tuesday, they've got a DJ. 
It's uh, located at 3333 Foothill Boulevard in Pasadena at the corner of uh, Good Times, Great Food. <laughs> uh, DJ every Wednesday, I mean every Tuesday for Taco Tuesday at 5. They've got some events coming up. Yeah. Um, they've got uh, a new bar. They've got uh, newly uh, renovated, I guess is the key word. You know? yeah, and so beautiful. it's a great location, a great setup. And especially now as things are opening up and you're looking to get out, all the safety precautions are being followed. And so it's a good place to come out and just kind of enjoy a night out. And, again, you don't have to come only on Tuesdays. You can come at any time. But uh, Taco Tuesdays. And if you're Tuesdays. trying to discern the background on some of the diff- – we've got three different cameras here. And I know on mine you can't really see the background. But on the other two cameras, um, it's an, behind us is an open air. That's how we're getting away with being inside because it's an open air patio-ish kind of thing. Yeah. So that's how we're getting – we're allowed to be in – Inside, in quote-unquote inside. We're technically... So, uh, Jay Robles has been <laughs> our guest uh, for the hour. This is a two-hour show, and so we've got part two coming up. So if you're yes. watching live, stick around because we've got part two or the second hour coming up. If you're watching in podcast form, you're going to have to wait till next week for part two to come out as uh, we only release one hour at a time, one week at a time. Uh, Jay, where can they find you? We mentioned SoundCloud, but if people want to know more about you or hear your music because they're kind of down in the dumps and they want to be picked up because you're such a good mood kind of guy putting out that great music, those great mixes. The good vibes. Where, where, can, they where can they find, find you? You? Uh, you can find me on Instagram if you want to uh, just like follow my journey and see what I've been up to. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at jay.robles with two S's. R-O-B-L-E-S-S. At so j.robles. J. Dot Robles. Uh-huh. I thought you said there was a y. there's not a y in there. No. Okay. J- R- oh, J-A-Y. <laughs> J A Y. J A Y. Yeah. Yes. And if you want to uh, hear a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, Radio Warp, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Log on, uh, click play, listen live, and you can hear a show. Or you can go to your app store, download the app, and take it with you. But 6 p.m. Pacific time, you can hear him on RadioWarp.com do his his Redline sessions uh, there, so you can hear him there, too. Tara, social media, where can people find you and yell at you? (laughs) If you want something nice and peaceful, you can follow me on Instagram at... Tara Hoke Shiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. If you want to be a part of the conversation and yell at me like uh, some other people are doing, that's quite all right. You're welcome. All viewpoints are welcome. My Facebook is where uh, the conversation is going on, so on uh, some of the political posts. So um, my Facebook is Tara Shiro, I think. I don't think the hook is in there, is it? Tara no, Hoke Shiro? I don't think so. I think it's just Tara Shiro. T-A-R-A-S-C-H-I-R-O. And you can also follow her at TaraShiro.com. Uh, yes. That's her website. You can uh, find me on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, Edom Rocks. Uh, you can follow the show at Two Steps Ahead Podcast, T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And you can check out Radio Warp 2 for all kinds of great uh, entertainment, podcasts, music, and more. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlight the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. El Torito is where we're at. Coming out. Check us out. Stay tuned for hour two if you're following us live. If you're on the podcast at a future date, uh, we've got part two of our broadcast coming up next week, so do tune back in. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlight the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. Be kind. Don't be an a-hole. And juju happens. <laughs> thanks, guys.